Hello there and welcome to the Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. I'm your host, Vidas Pinkavichus. Today's guest is Jan Karman, a composer from the Netherlands, the medieval city of Middelburg. I was really interested to talk to Jan about his great project of composing fugues, organ fugues uh, based on the Genevan Psalter. Now, Genevan Psalter is a collection of 150 uh, metrical psalms, basically like chorales or hymns, uh, that were created uh, at the beginning of Reformation in the in the 16th century. And basically, Jan um, undertook this uh, project uh, uh, in hope of uh, completing all those uh, 150 melodies, composed the fugues uh, uh, in four, three, or even five parts. So a part of this project is already completed, and I'm very curious to talk w- to Jan about uh, how it, this came to be, what inspired, and what is his compositional process. So I hope uh, this n- conversation will be inspiring to, to other organists who want to try their hand at composing uh, various contrapuntal uh, compositions based on fugal techniques. I hope you will enjoy this conversation. Jan, I'm so excited to talk to you about uh, your compositions, about your composed composing uh, process and everything that you have in your musical life. So, uh, for starters, can you tell our listeners how you first fell in love with organ, music and composition? Yes, it, it was uh, uh, from my childhood uh, you have read in my bio that uh, uh, there was an abundance of music making in in uh, our family, and uh, it's because of the uh, 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 my parents were uh, um, members of the ch- church, the local church, and uh, of course uh, there was a lot of singing and playing, and it was done on uh, the harmonium. Excellent. So, uh, a lot of music, music playing and music making in your family. That's great. And who introduced uh, organ to you? Well, uh, uh, via the church, of course. And uh, I was always uh, impressed by the, the the sound of the organ. And uh, uh, as I told you before, my uh, elder brother uh, was organist there. And uh, I saw the, 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 the scores and the, the books he used, and uh, I was very impressed. Well, it reminds me of a story that, uh, like uh, Johann Sebastian Bach also had an older brother, right? And he was also very interested and amazed in uh, what his older brother did, and always tried to be curious about uh, the things that his brother did. So it reminds me of your also childhood, right? You, you better, you better not use my name in one line with Johann Sebastian Bach. <laughs> I think we will uh, at in several occasions during this con- conversation, <laughs> as you okay. will see. Okay. Excellent. So, Jan, um, uh, 
you you have an interesting career. You are not only composer, but uh, but you made a con career in actual actuarial science, right? Yes, right. Can you explain to our listeners what it is, and what you do? Uh, well, uh, the actuarial science is uh, is the science about the uh, the, the knowledge of um, mathematic mathematics of uh, life insurance. And uh, it has to do with, uh, uh, well, in short, the combination of uh, finance and statistics of uh, populations. That's amazing. So it's really in the field of mathematics and statistics, right? Yeah, and yeah you, right. And yes. you calculate the costs, right, and the risks. Uh, for insurance companies, right? Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. So you calculate uh, how probable is an accident, right, uh, for a person of particular lifestyle, right? Yeah, right. Excellent. Yeah. So yeah. a lot so, of calculation. Yeah. In fact, you uh, you evaluate uh, the, the 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 values of uh, you are estimating the values of uh, uh, probabilities of uncertain uh, events in the future. Yes, probability theory very important. And uh, is music connected with uh, to you as as a uh, as a science or art uh, where numbers uh, also uh, take big role? Music and numbers. Uh, how you relate music and numbers? Huh? It's interesting. Well. Well, it's the it's the classic perception, uh, but I think it's just a matter of uh, uh, of uh, of uh, the brains. Uh, you know, probably the book of uh, Daniel Levitin. Yes. Uh, huh? There. So uh, that's an amazing uh, book, but I think if uh, you have a certain level of uh, of uh, intellectual perception. Uh, you can do math and you can do music. And your life shows us that uh, you don't necessarily have to be a trained uh, musician, professionally trained musician right from the early age in order to make music and compose music, right? You can can make a, a career in one field, like like you say, in actuarial science, and suddenly or gradually uh, come up with your musical ideas and start to develop those later. Well, I can say that music has never been away from my life. In fact, um, uh, at a very young age, I I could play, say the chorales that were and the hymns that were used in church and in the family, and um, um, I think as from my eleven. Uh, 12, uh, I played in the church and uh, played uh, services. So, organ and music was always a part of your life, right? Yes, yes right. Yes, and later you even um, became closer related to, to, the, to the music because you started basically exploring musical ideas of your own and trying, trying to put those ideas on paper, right? Yeah, right. Even even reading the notes. Uh, I, I never had lessons of that. Um, 
that was uh, that was uh, actually uh, much later, uh, when I was uh, 16, 17 or something. Well, that's amazing. Organ lessons at uh, 16 or 17 years old. Yeah. And um, so, uh, do, do you uh, do you still play organ sometimes? No, no, <laughs> I never do because I have no uh, organ available. And it is uh, very hard. There is a lot of there. Are, there are many organists here. There are very beautiful uh, organs in our city, and we sometimes uh, are visiting uh, the concerts. There are uh, quite some concerts for, uh, say, uh, on weekdays, uh, and, and, and namely on Thursday, uh, in the church uh, for. Uh, comfort of the tourists well that's amazing that's that's how it usually is in European cities right which yeah. have medieval backgrounds and beautiful churches right and uh, beautiful old towns uh, tourists come and visit the old places and uh, also enjoy the music making in these places right yeah right excellent yeah, yeah. So, Jan, I'm very excited to talk about your great, great uh, um, composition project uh, uh, where you try to compose uh, on the tunes uh, of Genevan Salter uh, the, the fugues, basically four-part or three-part or even five-part compositions, polyphonic compositions based on these church uh, tunes. I'm very curious to know how this idea came about. Who inspired the, to you? Well, maybe. Well, you you know of that uh, first uh, substantial composition that I made on the lecture at the Miracle Suite, and uh, the third uh, movement is a fugue on that uh, melody. It's a melody from the beginning of the 20th century and I made a few on that and uh, uh, I, was quite, uh, I had a lot of fun to, to do that and to have uh, made that and then I thought I, um, I uh, think I'm going to dedicate to writing fugues because um, it's well, it's a uh, it's a high level of music making, and uh, well, it has an, an intellectual impact on uh, music. And so I thought, um, where do I get my themes from? And uh, because I had been organist in uh, my youth, uh, I had those. Uh, 150 melodies of the Genevan Salter, and so I started. So it's amazing how your early background in in uh, in Dutch Reformed Church, right, uh, yeah. uh, leaves uh, an impact to your later life, right? These melodies are well known to the people of the church, and you sing every Sunday, right? Uh, many of them, you repeat them, and uh, and uh, organist introduces them and improvises on them, right? Yeah. And and these these melodies become a part of who you are, basically, right? 
It's it's like a folk it song might, for for you. It might, yes, it might. But uh, I also think that um, the Jadif Psalter is a uh, a cultural monument of uh, first order. And whether you are uh, uh, a believer or non-believer, uh, doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. These uh, these beautiful uh, melodies, uh, metrical psalms that uh, Claude Goudimel, right in the 16th century, composed, and uh, and others also incorporated in this uh, beautiful collection of 150 psalms continue to make impact and uh, they don't sound uh, ancient uh, I mean they do sound ancient but they are still relevant to church goers of 21st century also also it might be uh, turn out that it is uh, useful for for future organists or but that's not uh, my main purpose uh, my aim is just to uh, to develop the techniques of counterpoint and to make uh, short fugues on those melodies that melodies that are not always uh, uh, suitable for uh, for a fugue theme but then you you can always a bit uh, massage them and uh, change them medically or uh, in the, in the melody and uh, make it fit for uh, a, a nice fugue. And I aim uh, to, uh, to, to make fugues of about two minutes. Uh, most of them are at least two minutes, uh, but some are longer, some are smaller. That's great. So you basically uh, approach the fugue as a great contrapuntal exercise, right? Which you can, which you can uh, uh, basically create in order to develop your counterpoint techniques and contrapuntal practice. Basically, Jan, it reminds me of one famous fugue professor at the Paris Conservatoire in 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 in, in France. I yeah. think it was in. Um, at the beginning of the 20th, 20th century, I don't remember the name, but he he taught a class about fugue, right? Wasn't that Jigu? Yeah, no, probably not, not Jigu. Maybe another one. Okay. I, 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 I read about him in the great fugue treatise by André Gedalge. Gedalge? Or, uh, I don't know how to pronounce, but the story goes that this uh, professor of fugue had a practice of uh, sitting down at the table every morning before breakfast and yeah. writing one fugue, one fugue uh, for 20 years, <laughs> every day. So that's, that's amazing. amazing. It is. So yeah. imagine what can you do in 20 years when you just just constantly practicing this craft and art and science. So uh, so when you uh, wrote about um, this uh, this great uh, project of yours, Genevan Salter Fuchs, I thought yes, I have to talk with Jan. He has okay. great ideas and experience. Thank you. 
Excellent. Yeah. So, Jan, um, uh, why fugues are so fascinating to you uh, when you when you write the, those? Why do you like them uh, as opposed to other well, musical forms? Well, um, my uh, my admiration goes back to the Renaissance composers yes. uh, like uh, Lassus, uh, Palestrina, uh, uh, and, and, and many more, Villard, and and, and, and uh, those time, those composers were amazing because they wrote polyphonic uh, uh, pieces in sometimes eight, ten, twelve voices. Exactly. That's that's really amazing. That's really hard to imagine in these times today, in modern days, that composer of such an excellence like Obrecht, right, Palestrina, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, Orlando di Lasso, or even Okehem, would uh, would create a canon for for forty voices, right? We know that. Uh, it's it's such a such a um, deep intellectual process that these composers and musicians went through in those days, and largely in 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 today's times. These yeah. techniques are not used to the to the best of their uh, abilities, basically. Uh, not too many composers still use counterpoint, you know. I think I agree with you. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing how uh, well it's the time of of Okachem uh, Obrecht, the the 15th and 16th century. Uh, I think those guys were also uh, mathematicians. Exactly, yes. And music was part of the of the quadrivium system, right? Uh, yeah, right. Uh, science of the sounding numbers, basically. Uh, it wasn't uh, a, an art uh, of emotion like today, basically, uh, but it was a sounding number, like architecture. It was uh, a, a, right. a, a yes. architecture was a number in 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 uh, in. Uh, in uh, the basically in the buildings proportions right and it was very important for music as exactly. well exactly exactly that's uh, why I wrote uh, recently on uh, somewhere on uh, on LinkedIn that fugues are constructed and it is more a matter of the brains yes than the belly yes and it reminds me of the great project that Johann Sebastian Bach wrote the art of fugue, right? Yeah, it right. also is very, very intellectually deep, right? And exactly. artistically, also very pleasing to listen to yeah, and to yeah. play. Yeah, that's that's that is uh, remarkable because uh, if uh, well, I'm not sure, but if technically the pieces are uh, all right, they'll sound good. But that's a statement I'm not sure about. Yes, um, uh, if uh, sometimes uh, compositions can be intellectually very, very deep, yeah. but musically they wouldn't sound very yeah, so right. interesting, right? Yeah. So uh, or, yeah, right? Or understandable, right? Uh, right. You, you have to have a more deeper 
knowledge of the on the construction of the music in order to fully appreciate it. Yeah. But right. with with Bach, um, um, Art of Fugue, of course, it all sounds very beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Right. And when you compose fugues, you also uh, try not only to embody this intellectual depth of the contrapuntal techniques, you also try to probably make the piece sound beautiful. Uh, yeah, right. I, I try to... Uh, well, I'm, I'm uh, not very concerned about the consonants or uh, dissonance, but I'm concerned about how the whole is sounding smooth and nice, you know. Yes. It should and it should still be uh, a neat polyphonic uh, composition. Yes, and when you say polyphonic, you mean that several melodies are interacting with another right, with one another yeah. at the same yeah. time one can imitate uh, a melody right uh, imitation techniques is used or even contrasting polyphony where uh, one voice is moving in quarter notes and another is in eight notes uh, in contrasting yeah. rhythms basically yeah. so Jan I'm very curious about your compositional process how do you start creating a fugue uh, well, I uh, first have the theme, which is uh, uh, free because it's from the songbook from the church. Yes. That's one. And uh, uh, sometimes uh, such melody is a bit dull and uh, it has to be massaged. And uh, there are several examples. Some uh, I'm, I'm taking literally because they are so nice and, and uh, artistically deep, uh, but others uh, you have to you have to decorate or say you sometimes um, uh, even losing the the course of the of the original melody. And um, but okay, this, then I have my team and. Uh, of course, I know the technique of how a fugue should be made, and that's what I follow. And um, uh, after the exposition, yeah, then you have to. Uh, that's the work is then uh, uh, coming. You have to 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 lynch or you have to, uh, you know, you have to 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 make. Uh, new courses, new... Uh, and and it should be uh, finally a piece that is uh, uh, worthwhile to, to listen to. Yes, uh, so basically Jan, your process starts with having a theme, right? Yeah. You take a melody, you yeah. take probably the first uh, phrase of the chorale, of, of the song. Mostly, yeah, mostly. Or do you create a, like a choral fantasy uh, where you treat uh, different phrases in the course of the work? Yeah, 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 well, that's, yeah oh, that happens also. Wonderful. Uh, uh, there are a few examples. Uh, sometimes, uh, uh, well, in, in one fugue, uh, I used the first phrase 
and the last phrase together and blend it together and uh, use it as a theme. Excellent. So in one in one theme, you basically use uh, two parts of the same same psalm. The fir- the first part and the last part, right? Happens. Yes. And they work together very well polyphonically, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Excellent. So it reminds me of how Cesar Frank improvised at uh, Paris, Paris Conservatory during his uh, improvisation exam, I think. He was presented with the two themes. And uh, usually the, the tradition was to uh, improvise two separate pieces. But Frank, uh, Cesar Frank, uh, he uh, basically noticed that these two different themes go very well polyphonically and he uh, improvised at the moment uh, one piece but on two subjects polyphonically and in canon and different techniques wonderful yeah yeah that's wonderful yeah yeah and the jury the the professors didn't like it of course (laughs) (laughs) they were so conservative conservative So, yeah. so Jan, when you have a theme, you, you start to to make it um, more musically interesting, right? To add more uh, rhythms, lively rhythms, yeah, right? Right. Sometimes yeah. you yeah. change the rhythm and sometimes the meter, right? Yeah. Excellent. To make it more yeah. alive and more musically pleasing. Yeah. But uh, but of course, I try to preserve the the course of the original melody, and. Uh, like in my uh, my uh, Psalm uh, three, uh, I change it rhythmically. Uh, um, make, uh, for instance, two uh, half notes in uh, a, a punctuated half note and a, uh, and, a, and, a, and a and a chord. Yes. Yes. See, then you have make it rhythmically more interesting. Yes, you, you always uh, you always look not only on paper what what it's uh, what it looks like, but also imagine how it sounds, right? Yeah. And yeah. how the listener perceives. Yeah. I, it. I think the sound is is most important. Exactly. And not the theory. The theory comes after the sound. That's always the case, Jan. Excellent. So, uh, when you have the theme and try to compose, uh, we have to uh, remind our listeners who are listening probably from various countries all over the world, and uh, um, they probably, not everyone knows uh, how the fugue is constructed. Can we uh, discuss a little bit uh, the parts that go into the fugue? For example, fugue, answer, counterpoint, right? Uh, in, um, basically, intermedios, uh, then uh, basically episodes, uh, related keys, these techniques. It's very interesting. Yeah, okay. This, uh, if you have your team, the, uh, then you uh, create against that theme uh, the second voice which is uh, or dependent on the theme or it is a independent melody that fits under the uh, first main theme and um, uh, that's to say that there are certain rules like it should be uh, a fourth lower or a fifth uh, higher it's, it, it, and um, uh, so is the third voice 
is the, if it comes, is the second is done, then the third force come in the original P, and the fourth, if there is a fourth, uh, comes again a fourth lower than the third. So uh, that is rules. That are rules that you need to uh, to take care of. Then after that is done, well, this process, uh, this part is is called the exposition. It's effect the exposition of the theme and uh, the, the counter subject. Then uh, there is a period, an episode of lingering. The, the composer is very free in how to to uh, who, how to handle that, how to do that. But it should always be elements from the team, take from the team. And um, well, he can uh, the composer may uh, may show the the original theme in all kinds of keys. Uh, uh, related to uh, the, the main key and uh, he is very free in how to do uh, this uh, 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 I'm not I'm not uh, now on the the name of the part that that, that free episode is called yeah, we call it uh Basically, maybe episode or intermedium, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, and if 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 you are done with that, then you could uh, you could uh, uh, finally uh, uh, close with the coda, or you can close with a uh, strato. A strato is yeah, is is uh, is uh, hard. It's not that easy because strato means that you uh, start with the voices. Uh, uh, before the main theme has been ended, and that means that it should be a, uh, a melody like a canon. Yes. So this canonic technique is very important for the yeah, right. last last part of the fugue, isn't it? Yep. So, yeah. Right. So basically, when you create a, a, a fugue, probably you try to. Uh, try to test your theme if the canon can be created out of the theme first, right? Yeah, that would yeah, yeah that would be ideal. Yes, right. Excellent. And uh, it's not not always possible. Not always, yeah. Um, so, so Jan, uh, when you have the theme and uh, you have this exposition of four parts, right? Uh, one is in the tonic, another is in the dominant, and the third is again in the tonic, and the fourth yeah. is in the dominant again. Basically, right. okay. uh, in various uh, voice dispositions, can be soprano, alto, tenor, bass, can be soprano, um, uh, basically alto, soprano, bass, tenor, various dispositions, right? Yeah, right. And uh, uh, you, you may you are free in uh, with uh, uh, to start with with voice. So you can start in the bass, you can start in the tenor, you can start in the alto, and so on. Yeah, that's 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 right. Uh, various various dispositions are possible, and um, it all depends, of course, on the on the character of the theme and. Uh, and where would you like to put your counter subject 
either on top or below, right? Well, uh, it depends. I have no preference for that. I have not. Uh, uh, I think it's easier to have it uh, below the main team than uh, on top of the main team. Yes. Uh, otherwise, you have to. Uh, you're you're bound to uh, to make a, uh, a reforceable counterpoint. Yes. So basically, uh, in the fugue, these two main uh, musical ideas, subject or as we call the theme, and the counter subject, the yeah. the counter melody, have to be constantly uh, inverted. Sometimes uh, the theme is on top, sometimes yeah. counter subject is on the top. So yeah. basically that means that the intervals that you use can uh, have to be invertible intervals. Can you explain what invertible means? Invertible means that the, uh, when you write a counterpoint of two voices, that the voices can be interchanged. Interchange, yes. For example. Yes. For example, a fifth becomes a fourth, right? Right. Or right. the third becomes a sixth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then you have to be careful not to write two quarts, uh, two fourths uh, after each other because when you invert it, it becomes two fifths. Exactly. Exactly. So, and two consecutive parallel fifths are forbidden in this kind yeah. of music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As well as octaves. Yeah, are forbidden, but. Uh, sometimes, or uh, 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 really scarce uh, time, I uh, I use them on purpose. So I have one example in uh, Psalm two, for instance, yes. where I uh, try to imitate the uh, uh, the sound of uh, defy. Yes. You no, know, defy is from the. I think the 13th century. Yes, uh, the earliest, basically end of Middle Ages, uh, yeah. beginning of the 14th, yeah. Uh, yeah. 14th century, or even 15th century, beginning, yeah. end of and 14th. Yeah, Guillaume de Fay, uh, Burgundian yeah. composer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. And, uh, and there I used in the counter subject uh, a parallel fifth uh -huh. because it has an effect. That's all right, you know. That's um, uh, uh, medieval. That's Renaissance. Yes. By the way. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes you even try to um, imitate these old composers, like you said, Guillaume Dufay and others Renaissance, from Renaissance times. But your fugues, I have to say, they do not sound uh, very. Ancient, right? You start. You try to be present in these times too, also that people, listeners, today in 21st century could appreciate as the the real contemporary art as well. Oh yes, I uh, I, I, I use. I, I do not avoid, uh, for instance, uh, parallel segments. Yes. Uh, uh, in fact, I, I like to use parallel sevens. It's, it can be very nice. And the uh, listener, uh, 
especially in, in, in three or four voices, can be sound very, very smoothly. That's correct, Jan. That's very amazing. That then you you take these rules, polyphonically rules, and you also um, create the music quite uh, creatively, right? You bend the rules, you apply the rules to your situation, and not exactly. necessarily very strictly, right? Oh, no, right. Yes. Well, uh, of course, I have uh, read some theory on uh, on uh, on those uh, techniques, and uh, you probably know the book of uh, the little book of uh, Jebson. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the Danish uh, the Danish uh, uh, teacher, and uh, he is uh, discussing the Palestinian style, and that already uh, is different from. For instance, the Bach style. Exactly. So fugues were written in all times, right? In in right. Renaissance, in in the in the Baroque times, Romantic, classical times, even in the 20th century, modern times, and uh, these techniques are still relevant today. I think so. I think so because it gives you a deep insight in what exactly happens in uh, in music. Exactly. So, Jan, what can you tell our listeners who would like to try out uh, the exercise in writing fugues, fugues uh, themselves, uh, how they could start writing fugues? Um, uh, What's the first thing they have to do? I think they should first uh, know something about the theory. So, reading, uh, reading a book or just a chapter on how fugues are made is essential. Otherwise, you won't know what it is. Yes, yes. And uh, there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of uh, theory. There is a lot of literature on uh, this uh, technique, and well. Uh, can I recommend uh, someone? No, uh, it's also it's also a matter of would you like to uh, to compose this kind of techniques? That's uh, always the point with everything. Of course, you should like it. You should like it in the first place. Yes. So so basically, Jan, uh, can can a student also? Uh, read uh, some literature, but also can can he or she look at the real music, other composers, right? Analyze the fugues themselves and well, get inspiration. Well, I, I would say there is uh, an, uh, there is a, an, an amazing book, an excellent book, uh, 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 just for practice. It's of uh, it is from Johann Christoph Bach, and. Uh, it's called uh, 44 Chorales for Preambulieren. Yes, this is uh, little one-page uh, choral preludes, but they yeah. are polyphonically very interesting. Right, and uh, this is basically the, well, I would say the, 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 the first or the second lesson, the second lesson in, in writing fugues. Uh, he has uh, 44 pieces, and it's all they are all built like not not pure not pure fugues, but they are fugue-like setup. 
field goal competition. Fugato yeah. technique, right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and uh, for, of course, uh, uh, you can't miss uh, Johann Sebastian Bach with his, uh, uh, all, all his work on, on fugues and, uh, well, uh, uh, many composers of that time. Uh, I would call uh, Johann Kaspar Ferdinand Fischer. Yes. Uh, and that is melodically uh, also very nice, uh, very nice uh, music. Yes. So although although, uh, although Bach didn't write um, fugue treatise, right? But he left this monumental uh, work, Art of Fugue, and also uh, well-tempered clavier. Yeah. Right. And we remember that uh, later music theorists like Marburg created a treatise on fugue later based on Bach's works. Okay, I don't know that. Uh, Marpurg was, uh, you could check it out, it's available on facsimile edition and also uh, translations um, about the, he basically analyzes Bach's major fugues and uh, and discusses how these fugues are constructed and gives in exercises. It's like the first uh, exercise book on fugue. Yeah, right. First mm, serious yeah. exercise book. But they are sometimes are uh, complicated pieces. Yes, exactly. So, Jan, uh, amazing work as as always uh, to to hear you uh, to hear you uh, compose and uh, listen to your pieces. I will definitely. Uh, I mean. Uh, Put some links to your website, right? Uh, where can your your uh, listeners connect with you online? What's your website main main website? It is triple uh, uh, w. Yes. Dot Ganuenta. Yes. That's G A N U E N T Ganuenta.com. Excellent. Right. So they will find everything that uh, you have composed, created, and you, probably they will find uh, uh, also in between projects, continuous projects, like uh, the work that you do today, right? Uh, what are you doing uh, right now? What you are composing right now? Well, I'm now. Uh I'm now uh, uh, busy with uh, the, the 20th uh, of the Geneva Psalter yes. because uh, that would uh, that that would complete my first 25 pieces of the Geneva Psalter, and uh, uh, then it's uh, I would say the, the 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 first of six volumes, you know. Yes. And um, well, I don't know uh, if I go going to do something with it, but uh, uh, I have the uh, I have the objective to make that part complete. The first twenty-five fugues, right? Yeah. yeah. And you are now working on number twenty. 
Yeah, right. Excellent. Excellent. So six or five more to go, and the first phase of your grand project will be... No, 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 no. It's the only one that's missing now. Ah, you have already... That's missing. Yeah, right, yeah. So yeah. only one is missing, and you will be have completed right. yeah. this first phase of yeah. your project. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, not so that I, I did it on... Uh, on uh, uh, Right, uh, uh, sequential basic, but I I picked uh, someone and then uh, well, and so there was a gap between uh, between uh, say uh, 15 and 25, and I filled it up uh, consecutively. Yes, and I've heard uh, Jan that you also have uh, c uh, created some pieces for flute as well. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you played flute yourself, right? Yeah, I have been playing the flute for many years, and um, uh, well, it's because of uh, living in uh, in uh, in in Amsterdam in that time. Uh, you live on a small on a small room, and you can't have a, 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 you can't have a piano there, and so. If you want to make music, you have to you have to have a uh, a smaller instrument. So I chose the flute, and uh, it it's it had been a really nice time. Excellent. So flute can be carried with you wherever you go, right? Yeah, right. It can yeah, fit right. in your in your bag, basically. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. practical. That's right. Yeah. Uh, amazing. So thanks yeah. so much, Jan, for the work you do. It matters a lot for for the students around the world, I'm sure, who are interested in uh, following your footsteps in creating fugues on various subjects, right? They can be on Genevan Salter, but they can also be on any hymn melody, oh, on yeah. any chorale melody. Yes, yes, yes. As you uh, as you maybe remember, I made one on uh, on an old. I'm sure, folks. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the type of melody. Right. You, you can compose right. a fugue based on the national anthem of your country, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And even on folk songs, right? Of, yeah, of your, right. Yeah, of right. your country. Yeah. So I, I hope my students all over the world will pick up this this idea of creating fugues, exercising your intellectual abilities. It's like a, a brain exercise as well, right? Well, I think that is. Uh, I uh, I followed many discussions where uh, where people think this is, I think, almost a classical or general sense. That music comes from uh, the emotions. Yes. But I'm almost sure that music, making music, composing music, comes from the brains. Always first from yeah. the brain, probably. Yeah, right, yeah. From a very, very uh, important part of the brain, basically, which controls um, our, our intellectual abilities, our decision-making abilities, right? Yeah, so I would say there are only three prerequisites for making music or for making anything that is uh, uh, talent, 
uh, craftsmanship and passion. Talent, craftsmanship, and passion. Three things that you need to have in order to create something, right? Yeah. right. And usually hard work, right? Yeah. And hard work, of course. <laughs> hard that work. Makes the craftsmanship. Exactly. So thank you so much, Jan. You have been a real inspiration with true talent, you're, true you're craftsmanship. Welcome. And let me say that I admire your uh, uh, your. Uh, inexhaustible energy to do all those things thank you so much Jan I appreciate it you're welcome and we'll talk to you when uh, when the entire Geneva and Salter project will be completed will definitely yeah that's over many years excellent I hope I hope you will be working uh, now uh, on these fugues um, with even more enthusiasm and energy okay I think so excellent so See you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Yeah, bye-bye. If you liked this conversation, I encourage you to visit my blog Secrets of Organ Playing at organduo.lt where you will find lots of insights, practical advice and training for every area of organ playing. You can subscribe to this blog for free to get your daily dose of inspiration and to be the first to know when any of my future podcasts roll out. I hope to help you reach your dreams in organ playing. I'm Vidas Pinkavitus, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you online really soon.